0: So I actually studied abroad in Morocco when I was in university, like quite a few years ago now, but I've always felt this like really strong connection to the country. So when I got an invitation to come to this program in Casablanca, for me, it was just like an easy yes. From Doha Debates and Foreign Policy, this is The Long Game, a podcast about the power of sports to change the world. I'm your host, Ibtihaj Muhammad.
1: And I'm executive producer Karen Given. Earlier this year, Iptihaj traveled to Morocco to meet with 18 young sports entrepreneurs living and working in North Africa.
0: There were people pitching projects from Algeria, Tunisia, Egypt, and essentially their ideas that they have, which were all so unique and so different, but really similar in a sense that they were trying to use sport, health, fitness, nutrition as a way to shape and change their communities. We see in the United States that there's been this kind of shift in the way we think about our bodies and our health and our wellness. And I feel like that's been over the last like decade or so. But I would say that the Middle East and North Africa, it's been a bit slower of a a turn And now we're seeing it really like ramp up and take off. And so these different organizations that are operating out of these different North African countries, like there was a guy who has a program that operates, I want to say it was out of uh, northern Morocco in a remote area. But what he does is he takes people on biking tours. So it's a way for you to see, you know, like the Atlas Mountains, but It's also a way to financially give back to that community. There was a woman from Algeria who's launching all women's gyms, which maybe, you know, depending on where you live, you don't think about. But for me as a Muslim woman, an all women's gym sounds amazing. I would love the opportunity to work out, you know, minus hijab, minus, you know, the long sleeve tops, but really just kind of exist with other women and kind of chase after that goal of being more active, getting stronger, becoming faster there was one other one that I thought was so cool there. Uh, her name was Aza Besbes, and I know her because she was this African champion fencer. She's amazing. I don't, I don't even remember how many Olympics that Aza has been to, but uh, her program, she's Tunisian. Uh, she takes shipping containers and places them in different rural parts of Tunisia and transforms them into sport facilities. So maybe it's in, you know, the the northern part of Tunisia in this really rural area, but they're fencing strips inside. Maybe there are Peloton bikes or treadmills, but they're essentially spaces that anyone can come and access sport, you know, fitness in a way that is not limited to their locale or, like, how much money, you know, you make or anything like that. It really just kind of brings sport to everyone. Even the amount of money, you know, was very nominal when you think about the cost it, it takes to open a sports facility, to do it in, you know, this really sustainable way, I thought was really interesting.
1: The program is called My Sport, My Future, and it's run by an organization called TIBU Africa, Thibu was founded in 2010 by former Morocco national basketball team player Mohamed Amin Zariat.
0: It was really cool that Amin and Thibu are giving them, you know, a platform to share their initiatives, but also giving them resources and funds to help elevate their programs in their different countries.
1: It started as a program that used basketball to connect with underprivileged youth, but it's grown to be much more than that.
0: I know how easy it is to use sport as a tool for change, especially in a developing country like Morocco. It's amazing what he's been able to do in such a short amount of time. Assalamu alaikum Amin, how are you?
2: Assalamu alaikum Petit how are you?
0: I'm good, alhamdulillah. I'm so excited to have you on today.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm happy to be with you today.
0: For those who have not yet met, Amin, can you introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Uh, I am uh, from Morocco. I am uh, 31 years old. I am a former international basketball player. I love basketball. And uh, now I am a social entrepreneur focused on uh, socioeconomic integration and education of youth in Africa through the power of sports.
0: And in a lot of ways, this journey began... When you first started playing basketball, tell me the story of how you first got introduced to the sport.
2: Yeah, when I was in middle school, my PE teacher told me, uh, yeah, I think you are very good at basketball. Go to, to, to a club and start a career with, uh, with, uh, with a club in Casablanca. So um, I decided to start basketball at 12, 13 years old. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, for me, a very good experience because uh, I had uh, five times a Moroccan championship with my team and I was selected also for, to represent my country with a national team in um, African championship and two times in Arab championship. Yeah, it was, for me, a very good uh, a very good experience because I learned a, a lot from my coaches, from my colleagues, and now uh, it's helped me uh, in my personal life with my family, with my, my 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 colleagues, with my friends, with my wife, and also it's helped helped me a lot in my in my in my work because uh, we are uh, creating something new in Morocco in Africa. And we are also doing social innovation and social impact through sports. And all the values and all the skills learned during my career helped me a lot today.
0: Here in the U.S., I mean, an athlete who starts playing a sport at 13 would have almost no chance of making a national team. But you did. Is that unusual in Morocco?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, we don't have the same level in sports. My dream, uh, I had a dream to to come to the US and to follow a program focused on, you know, sports and studies in the NCAA or uh, other leagues. But uh, it was difficult for me because my parents can pay for me uh, the the, the fees for studies uh, and sports in the US. And when I was like, 20 or 19, I decided to stop my career because when I was in the university, it was very difficult for me to combine between sports and studies. But it was a good choice for me to start this um, career as a social entrepreneur in sports and also to give an opportunity for youth who are coming from imprivileged neighborhoods to learn more about sports, about the values of sports, but also to open for them opportunities to to travel to to Europe, to Africa, to the US. And uh, we have more than... 10 or 15 youth now uh, who are now in the U.S. who are following their uh, programs focused on basketball and studies. For me, it's uh, it was my dream. And now it's not only my dream, it's uh, the dream of uh, thousands of Moroccan youth who are very passionate about sport and basketball.
0: When did this dream of Tibu come about?
2: I founded Tibu uh, in uh, 2010. It started with... Um, like a tournament, the International Tournament of Basketball University. We bring uh, international university teams from France, Senegal, Lebanon, Germany, Palestine, Tunisia. And uh, we had a great time playing basketball on doing contests on three points or dank, etc. And after that, we decided with my colleagues to create something sustainable. So I decided with my colleagues to create an NGO, and now it's called Tibu Africa, with more than 125 members who are working every day to serve more than 250,000 beneficiaries, girls in rural areas, kids with motion disabilities, migrants, refugees, youth, women, And we offer for them programs focused on education through sports, girls and women empowerment through sports, socioeconomic integration through sports, and also social entrepreneurship through sports. We are based in Morocco in 23 cities, and also we are based in Tunisia, Ivory Coast, and Senegal.
0: Sometimes you talk about the fundamentals of basketball, like passing, shooting, and dribbling. And then you use those concepts to teach life skills. Can you explain that a little bit to me?
2: Yeah, sure. In, in basketball schools in the U.S. or in Spain, Palestine or Morocco, Senegal, when you start, the coaches teach you some fundamentals. Shoot, pass, and dribble. Shoot in basketball, you take a shot to, to score score. But in the life, we teach our beneficiaries to, to set or to have a goal in your life. It's very important to fix an objective and to fix a goal. They can be doctors, they can be uh, basketball players, they can be a good citizens. So it's very important for us to be sure that everyone has an idea about his goal and about, uh, about his personal and professional project. In basketball, you want to take a shot, so maybe you have an obstacle and it's the same thing in the life. So you, we can have some difficulties to have a great result. So you need to make a pass in basketball. And for us, pass is the capacity to develop teamwork. Uh, kids from Morocco can work for, with kids from Tunisia. Girls can also work with uh, boys. Etc. etc. And teamwork for us is very important. We can be the number one only for yourself. You need to uh, collaborate and you need to work uh, together. And sometimes you want to make a pass, so sometimes it's difficult in basketball, same thing in, in the life. So you, you have the dribble. and the dribble for us is the capacity to unlock your potential is the capacity also to, to develop your leadership. When you dribble, so you can score, uh, it was your first objective when, uh, for the shot. In the same time, for, in, in the same thing for the life, when you dribble, so you, you dribble for your goal, and we uh, teach our youth to have a goal in their life.
0: You're listening to The Long Game from Doha Debates and Foreign Policy. I'm your host, Ibtihaj Mohammed. So when I visited Tibu's Casablanca, I'll call it a campus because that's how it felt to me. It was really cool to see how many children are there at any given time. And if you think of like a tall, like these tall buildings... Um, There's like a sport complex that kind of is in the middle. You have this green space. There's kids playing soccer. There's some type of soccer. I don't know if it's a class or like a game that's going on. But on these different levels, there's classrooms and there's children of different ages. Like there's primary school children there. They have instructors. um, And then there's also young people there who have graduated maybe from high school um, and that's the school of second chance. There are kids who don't know exactly what happens next in their lives. When we think about countries like Morocco, and um, if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity to graduate from school, there's this you know overarching question of like what what's next. And when I went and visited TIBU on the ground, what I thought was so cool about this program is. They're giving opportunity and resources to people who who honestly don't know how they're going to make a living. They don't know what steps to make, and I think that TIBU is helping them to connect those dots and really setting them up to develop that potential that they have to develop the leadership that I think you can learn from sport. Amin has you know programs for these kids that are you know in that in between age of you know, 17, 18, into their mid-20s. And they do want to be involved in sport, but they don't know what, what that avenue looks like. I mean, it's really helping them understand how sport can continue to shape and change their lives for the better and also how they can continue to give back to their communities and, you know, encourage and inspire the next generation going forward. I mean, I was really blown away by the numbers of children you know, these 250,000 beneficiaries that you and Tibu have been able to influence and help and advocate for, it's really ballooned into a program that is affecting and changing so many lives.
2: I understand that uh, sports is a magic. It can be football. It can be fencing. It can be... Um, baseball, it can be swimming. We need only space, a ball or a material, and a man or woman to change the life of thousands of kids. So we switch from basketball NGO to sport for development and sport for grassroots NGO.
0: I love that this has blossomed into more than just basketball, you know, because you understand that the power of sport is so great and that it can really bring about social change. The participants in your programs, not only do they become better athletes, but they become better people. What are your goals for them?
2: We target youth who are very passionate about sports and we offer for them programs focused on school of second chance we give them an opportunity to continue playing sports they come to our school they learn what is sports coaching they learn french english spanish microsoft tools they learn also leadership how they can also create startups they learn also how they can create sports enterprise how they can also create or organize a sports event and in the same time We offer for them an opportunity to do uh, professional experiences in Nike store, in uh, fitness gym, in sports club, etc. And after one year, they become sports coaches, they become also sports advisors or sports entrepreneurs like you, Ptihaj. And uh, this is a kind of program focused on social innovation and uh, social impact through sports. We have also other programs in a primary school Uh, in Morocco. We have more than 4 million kids in a primary school. They don't do PE classes from 6 to 12. We offer for them programs every Wednesday and the weekend for free. They play sports. They learn STEM, science, technology, engineering and maths. And also they learn English. We have more than 10,000 beneficiaries in this program, 88% now they have good marks in the school, zero dropouts. And now we are influencing the ministry and the government to uh, give the opportunity for 4 million kids this kind of program.
0: And I've, you know, was really blessed to meet a group of these recent graduates who are kind of in that in-between, you know, space in their life where they're trying to figure out what are the next steps and for a lot of them they know that they want to be involved in sport and what i thought was so amazing about tibu is that you're helping them understand the avenues that they're able to pursue you know in that next life step that they're taking at what point did you realize that you were really onto something was there a kid or a particular group of kids that made you say wow this is really working
2: yeah um Thank you for this question. First, we are working with a lot of beneficiaries. Girls in rural areas, youth neither education, employment or training, kids in primary public schools, migrants, refugees, women. But most of them, they are coming from imprivileged neighborhoods. And the power of our NGO, we have... Uh, like a personalized programs for everyone, each beneficiary. We, we are managing more than 32 programs in the same time. Now we are um, working to for a project to start a program for uh, focus on empowerment of girls in the present. So uh, it's uh, very new for us. We are very sure that Um, our program will empower these girls. And uh, yeah, I think we we have like the recipe. What is our recipe is to train the trainers and develop a good curriculum, but also develop a good approach and also to mobilize all the stakeholders. We work with governments, public and private sectors, researchers, entrepreneurs, schools, media, stars, etc., But the winner, number one, is the beneficiaries. It's very important.
0: And your goal, I mean, is for at least 50% of the participants in your program to be girls or women. Why is this so important to you?
2: Yeah, why? Because when the girl started playing football or basketball or other sports, she developed a lot of skills. But also when she become a woman and she become also a mom, she can give the love of sport for their their children. Mm -hmm. So, and with this, we can create a nation of sports. So that's why we are investing on programs focused on women and girls. We have more than 50%. We have like 64% of uh, the participation of the girls in our programs. And we have also uh, some programs who are only focused on girls and some programs we have boys and girls in the same time.
0: And there are so many ways to work with young people and put them on the path to success. Why sports?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, because I am very passionate about sports. I was passionate about basketball. Now I'm passionate about sport for development how sports can unlock the potential of everyone. My dream and my vision by 2030 is to make TIBO a locomotive of sport for development in Africa and also to inspire other Moroccan, other African youth to make a change in their countries through the power of sports.
0: That's it for this episode of The Long Game. I'm your host, Ibtihaj Mohammed. The Long Game is a co-production of Doha Debates and Foreign Policy. Our executive producer is Karen Given.
1: We had help from Dan Efron, Rob Sachs, Jafit Weeks, Amjad Atala, and Jigar Mehta. Make sure to follow us on Apple or your favorite podcast app, and please leave us a review. To learn more,
0: subscribe to Foreign Policy, a global magazine of news and ideas or visit Doha Debates, a production of Qatar Foundation. Next week on the
1: podcast... Eric Morongwa Eugene never would have survived Rwanda's 1994 genocide against the Tutsis if not for the help he received from his teammates and fans of the football club Rayon Sport. Now, nearly 30 years later, Eric uses football to bring boys and girls, Hutus and Tutsis together for the future of all Rwanda.
2: We use football to promote the message of gender equality. We use football to challenge perceptions centered around traditional and cultural beliefs. It's a way of breaking down all those uh, discrimination barriers.
0: That's next week on The Long Game.